Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Rudy Giuliani. Welcome, everyone. This is the Rudy Giuliani Show, and I'm coming to you from Binghamton, New York. And today happens to be the anniversary of the roller coaster. Did you know that? On 6-16-1884, the first roller coaster was uh, put up and used in Coney Island, New York. That's the good news for the day. Now, here's the uh, warning that unfortunately means something to us, even though it was uttered by Abraham Lincoln on this day in 1858 when he was nominated as a candidate for the Senate. He said, America is becoming a house divided against itself. I don't know. He was described. I don't know if that doesn't apply today, huh? And he was described as a radical for saying that. So I guess we're radicals because we're an America not just divided against itself. We're an America that has two standards of justice. It is absolutely clear. One for Democrats and one for Republicans. You look at uh, the January 6th committee going after the president on the theory that whatever he said about a stolen election caused uh, some kind of riot and that he has no basis for it, yet they won't look at any of the facts. They won't look at any of the affidavits. They won't call any of the people who have evidence of voter fraud. They won't allow uh, uh, the uh, two, uh, 2,000 mules uh, technology to be uh, have the people who are the technicians on that testify. Uh, whether or not the president is right, and I believe he is, he certainly had a basis for it. I mean, Hillary Clinton claimed the same thing. Right? And now we've got Schumer, and Schumer encouraged attacking Justice Kavanaugh. He actually encouraged attacking. All, all President Trump did was to was to try and vindicate his right to a fair count uh, during the election. And his words uh, to the crowd were to act peacefully and patriotically. And Schumer's were to, they, 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 they better watch out when they get on the court. They were threats. That's a house divided against itself in the sense that we have two standards of justice. Is there anyone in the world that believes that Donald Trump Jr. wouldn't be in jail if he had done one-tenth of the things that Hunter Biden has done and are proven without doubt by the hard drive that they censored for, for, for a year, including something very relevant to today, including Hunter Biden's possession of a thirty-eight revolver while he was a drug addict. And his purchase of it and lying on a federal form, that's a 10-year felony. Yes, we are divided. Well, sitting in Binghamton, New York, actually brings up a subject that is quite national and international in scope. I am sitting on top of 
one of the richest deposits of natural gas and oil in the United States. It's known as the Marcellus Shale, the, Mar- the Marcellus Vein, if you want to call it that. It starts up north of here, right near Syracuse, and it goes, gosh, it goes all the way down to Tennessee and Kentucky. And those states are utilizing it, but uh, socialist New York, under the leadership of um, left-wing kooks, uh, would rather see this area of New York be uh, impoverished to some extent and economically deprived rather than do what um, even the Democrat state right below us, Pennsylvania, does. And that is to uh, mine it through hydraulic drilling, which is done extremely safely by us. Now, it would be one thing if we weren't using this oil and natural gas, except we're buying it. We're buying it from Russia instead of the people of Binghamton. Hmm? You think maybe it costs more? You think maybe that has something to do with the fact that you're paying over $5 a gallon now and it could be up in 10 in California? Hmm? You think that, um, think that that is a product of Biden basically cutting down and cutting out American production of oil, turning America around just when Trump had gotten us to energy independence? He gets us back to dependence and dependence on dictators and people who hate us? Listen to, listen to uh, cut number three from... Um, I don't know, one of the more pathetic individuals in the world, John Kerry. And you'll get an idea of what the policy is, obviously, and Biden's best friend, by the way. So let's go to uh, cut number three. This is John Kerry. You remember him. And energy security worry is driving a lot of the thoughts now about, oh, we need more drilling of gas. We need more drilling of this. We need to go back to coal. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. And we have to prevent a false narrative from entering into this or... Again, uh, pun intended, we are cooked. Yeah, okay. I mean, thanks. Now I'd like you to hear from somebody who actually um, makes money, makes a lot of money, has been enormously successful in business, uh, is, has been the savior of the First Amendment in New York, John Katsimatidis. I will disclose that he's the owner of this station and a close friend of mine for quite some time. But I want you to hear his wisdom on what's going on. That's cut number seven. Why are we begging Iran? Why are we begging Venezuela. Saudi Arabia, begging Venezuela for oil? We have it. We don't, right? We have it. It's sitting right below me. <laughs> I just can't help but think these people here with these homes, I don't know, maybe they'd be millionaires. Is that bad? Is the people in Binghamton to be millionaires? Are the people going up to Syracuse, New York? Should we, wouldn't it be better if we bought it from ourselves than from Russia and Venezuela? First of all, it would cost a lot less. <laughs> just take out the shipping. Right? Just take out the shipping. Just think of that. Then, not only would it cost a lot less, which would bring down that $5 pretty damn quick, but we do it much safer. Even the people worried like John Kerry and, uh, and well, Gore. Well, Gore thought we were going to be finished in 2010. We wouldn't even be here. So we got what, what, we're living on borrowed time, according to Al Gore. And Kerry's like that too. I mean, that's, well, Biden, Biden doesn't, he just listens to them. What, what does he know? But right now, it isn't that we aren't 
producing the oil and the natural gas and doing to the climate whatever the hell they think it does to the climate. We're doing that, except we're doing it in Russia and Venezuela and other places. But So if we did it here, number one, we would do it cleaner. And we do. We do it much cleaner, by the way. There's not, not, not even a doubt about that. We do it much cleaner. And we'd spend a lot less money. And we become energy independent, which from the point of view of national security is a necessity. And you'd see the price of that oil and gas come down real quick, like it was when Trump had us energy independent. Now, we've moved further away from that. He's blaming everything on the oil companies. But he's tried to destroy them, and he tries to destroy them. So, yes, we should be using what God gave us, and we should use it safely or as safe as we can. And the reason for the inflation that we have is not Putin. It is not Trump. This inflation was already up four times before Putin did anything. It's because of, of Biden. And it's because Biden lives in a unreal world. He lives in his own world which is um, illustrated by the fact that he's very angry. He's very, very angry that people are blaming him. <laughs> he's very angry that people are blaming him for uh, everything that's going on. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. You know, I love it. The Democrats turn everything around. Think of this. They, for five, four years, five years, they lied about Russian collusion. They all knew about it. Everybody you see on that committee, that, that January 6th witch hunt committee, every one of the Democrats on that committee, every one of them was a, a, a Riskin and uh, uh, Stinky, uh, uh, the, the, <laughs> the, I'm not going to call any names. I'm not going to call any names. Just uh, Rifkin and... Benny Thompson and, of course, Schiff, they were all big proponents of Russian collusion, even after they were briefed over and over again that it wasn't true. Even after the FBI concluded it wasn't true, one, two days into the investigation. In fact, they were so absurd that the agent described them as coming from a lunatic. They continued to lie about Russian collusion. Lie, 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 lie. I was attacked viciously. The president was attacked viciously. And then it turns out we're telling the truth. Just like they lied about the hard drive, and we're telling the truth. So why do you think they aren't lying now on the January 6th committee and that we're telling the truth? Wouldn't that be consistent with their behavior and ours? Of course it is. And they leave out Ashley Babbitt, the one person who died in the Capitol that day, shot for reasons that don't seem to exist. At least they should do something to ask a few questions about that. There are Americans that would like to know the answer to that, but the uh, Trump haters and the liars who brought us Russian collusion are now bringing us Russian collusion 2 or 3, whatever you want to call this. But Biden does live in his own world, and it's really astounding uh, that he doesn't realize 
that it's his policies 100% that are causing this economic tremendous damage for this country. And, you know, until you, until you recognize the, the, the source of and the cause of a problem, you can't fix it. It's the first thing you have to do. It's the whole basis for how I turned around New York City. I spent time trying to figure out what's the root cause of this. That's how we came up with Comstat and broken windows and uh, strict enforcement of the law and our whole program for domestic violence that never existed before. And that's how I helped solve crime problems in other parts of the world. I didn't do it on politics. I did it on substance. So now we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back, and we'll start getting to your questions. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show, and make sure you stay tuned for my final thoughts today on a very, very important topic. But uh, let's go to the phones, because we were talking about fracking, and uh, we've gotten a couple of calls about fracking and uh, from people who are up here where I am. So let's go to Jim first. Jim? Oh, okay, then Don. How are you, Mr. Mayor? Hi, Don. How are you? Where are you? I'm uh, upstate Hopewell. Oh, good, good. So what do you? what's on your mind? Yeah, uh, I think it's kind of funny uh, that Joe Biden tells us we all need to uh, get off fossil fuel while he flies around the world in a private jet. Well, I mean, you know the hypocrites, right? I mean, all, all you had to do is live through the pandemic with all of them. I remember, I remember the day that Biden came to, uh, this, uh, 9-11, uh, ceremony at city, at, at, at the, uh, memorial. And, uh, they all had their masks off and they were all talking about, you know, about 20 Democrats, Nadler and Cuomo and Schumer and you name them all, right? They all had their masks off. They're all talking right up next to each other, sort of spitting each other's face. All of a sudden, the, the, he, Biden's coming, Biden's coming, Biden's coming. They all put their masks on. You know, like, now, now, now you're going to get COVID, not before. Uh, so they are a party of hypocrites. All of them are a party of hypocrites. And uh, this whole thing, how do you feel about fracking? Hey, oh. if we can do it cleaner, uh, it's better than having uh, Venezuela or somebody else uh, dirtying up the uh, atmosphere, right? Doesn't that make sense, Uh does that does that make it makes no sense, even from the point of, even if you were a greenie, it's gonna it's happening right now, except it's happening in Venezuela and Russia and other places, and they are far dirtier than we are, in terms of whatever it is they think is happening as a result of it. So why don't we do it, and then you know when the wind and and the sun and miracles come along and we don't need fossil fuels, fine. But right now we do, if we want to survive. And if we want to <laughs> be safe, I mean, this this makes us dependent on our enemies, what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, that... One question. Yeah. Who's going to be the happiest person when Joe Biden's time is up? Uh, well, me, but who else? <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> he won't even know. He won't even know. If he go back to his basement and do whatever the heck he counts. I think to... he will. Count... Count the bribes. Count the bribes that uh, Hunter has gotten for him, right? Probably sent Hunter out again as a bag man. So let's go to uh, Gary in Quint. Hi, Mayor Giuliani. Big fan of yours. 
Hi, I Gary. I think that the process you said of Biden causing gas prices to go up, then you blame it on the greedy oil companies, and then you say, we need government to really fix it, we're here to fix it, is a recurring theme. I think Obama did the same thing with Obamacare. They called it the Affordable Care Act, which is just the opposite of what right. it was. Right. Well, they lie constantly. All, everybody's premiums went up through the roof, they lost their insurance, and then wants to put all those greedy insurance companies. They're so greedy. We need to come in and fix it. And that was how his plan was to totally turn our country into a socialized medicine. It's a common theory. Government creates the problem. They then blame it on the greedy somebody. And people forget that the government created the problem. They think now we need more government to fix the problem. I, yeah, I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you. And they, and they are, they, for all their talk about gasoline prices, they are very, very happy that gasoline prices are, I mean, they're $5 here. They're almost $10 in California they, because they want us off fossil fuels. If they get us off fossil fuels, we will be destroyed, destroyed as an economy, destroyed as a country. We, we won't just be in recession. We'll be in deep depression. It's totally absurd, and I believe, whether they know it or not, it follows so closely on the Marxist plan for how you turn a country into a socialist, communist country that uh, that's really where it comes from. Some of them know it, some of them don't. And some of them, like Biden, don't even know who they are. Uh, When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about a very interesting battle that's going on within the Democrat Party. Right in our own backyard, uh, for those of us who are in New York and for those of us around the country, uh, very much going on probably in your place. But you're going to have to find the Democrats who are engaged in it. And that is the battle between Mayor Adams and AOC, who are uh, fighting for the soul of the Democrat Party. Uh, Adams wants a more moderate party. Adams wants a party that will do away with uh, uh, the no-bail law which they're refusing to do, and he knows it's killing people. And AOC wants to extend those benefits for criminals and uh, wants to extend more dependency. And they've got specific uh, battles for the state legislature where they're supporting separate candidates. And uh, we'll explain that to you, and then we'll explain to you the significance of the victory of Myra Flores. Now, that, that has to give a couple of sh- couple of shocks to the Democrat Party. That's an 88%, I think, an 88% uh, Hispanic district in Texas that has been represented by Democrats forever and ever and ever. ever. Uh, she came in. She won. She was a terrific candidate. She ran as a uh, <laughs> supporter of Donald Trump. <laughs> and... Uh, we know that we've made uh, that the party has made tremendous inroads with Hispanic people. I think they see the, uh, the 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 deterioration of the Democrat Party, much like uh, other people did, like I did many years ago, and, and just just left. They're trying to make people dependent, as opposed to giving them opportunities to work and build their own lives and build their own careers, and they want them dependent so they'll vote for them. So. Uh, we can, we can, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Maybe you give me a few calls on that. 
And then we'll have my final thoughts, which I um, really spent a little time on this week because I really do think our country is we're at a perilous time. And uh, I use that uh, quote from Lincoln because um, I guess these things recur. And in 1858, on this day, he reminded us that a house divided, you know, cannot stand. And we are very divided, and we're not going to get united by just saying it. I mean, he said it to us. Biden said he was going to unite us. And, and there's no question we're more divided now than we ever have been. Uh, re- Republicans, conservatives believe and believe they're right. And certainly have a basis that they are being uh, they're being trampled on. They're certainly being trampled on by the by the establishment control of the media and the censorship that goes on. So come back after the break, and we got plenty more. And the final thoughts at the end. We'll be back very shortly. This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you from Binghamton, New York. And while we had the break, uh, I could actually see a little gas coming up from the ground, just a little bit, saying, why don't you use me instead of the dirty stuff in in Venezuela and Russia? Why don't you let the money come to those nice people here in upstate New York instead of countries that would like to destroy us? Why, I say, why? Because they don't put America first, the Biden people or the Kerry people. They don't put America second or third or fourth. I'm not even on the list. Do you realize these policies that they have deliberately hurt Americans? Just like when they would send uh, all the entire steel industry, you know, and, and uh, the coal industry, send it all the people in the middle of Pennsylvania uh, still don't have jobs, which is one of the reasons they voted for Trump. <laughs> we'll go into great detail about that if you want, including uh, all the uh, affidavits and information that I have about what happened in 2020. I want you to know that the things that I say I, I uh, have backed up with affidavits or statements or videos I always check it out. And if I, I haven't checked it out, I'll tell you that I haven't checked it out. So we got to check it out. But let's listen to what could be a major, major seismic change in American politics that us Republicans have been waiting for and hoping for for a long time. This is Myra Flores, who just beat a Democrat in an 88% Hispanic district that was solidly Democrat that voted for Biden, that voted by 20% for Hillary. This is Myra Flores, newly elected to the United States Congress. Just uh, take down one from the Democrat side and put one more on the side of America first. Here's Myra. I feel like the Democrat Party has walked away from the Hispanic community. They've gone so far left, and they don't represent our values. People always ask me, Myra, how can you be a Republican whenever you were born in Mexico? And that's 
that clearly shows me that they know nothing about our culture. I was raised with strong conservative values. We're all about faith and family and hard work. That's who we are. So our values do really align with the Republican Party. But I do feel that, you know, for a long time prior to 2020, no one was really paying attention to the Hispanic community. And I'm grateful that finally the Republican Party is investing in the Hispanic community because we are the future. But the Democrat Party has completely abandoned us and taken us for granted. They feel entitled to our vote and they feel they don't really have to work for it. And what we're showing now is that, yes, you do have to work to earn our vote. And that's why we won this special election. Well, you know, the same thing is true in the black community. Uh, maybe even more so. And it's a tragedy. Uh, I'm talking now about, you know, blacks who are in the inner cities, what we call the inner cities, the old cities, the crooked cities, the crooked democratic cities. I mean, a lot of people, when they talk about the black community, have this stereotype that, you know, the black community is also an enormously vital community. I mean, it's got billionaires, it's got millionaires, it's got upper middle class, middle class. It's a thriving community. But there are people that are being held behind. They're deliberately being held behind so they can be a captured vote for the Democrat Party. It's quite obvious. I saw this in Harlem when I became mayor. The Democratic politicians representing Harlem became rich, and the people of Harlem got poorer. And when I took over, a, a national store wouldn't even go to Harlem. as the first one to get national stores to come in by making it safe. They never made it safe. I did, in record numbers. And they weren't serving their people. In fact, they're not serving their people now. AOC, who claims to be, I mean, she's, she's in this battle now with Adams over these uh, candidates for the state senate and the assembly. These are the people that are holding back, doing away with the crazy, crazy, insane cuomo Hokel bail law. And Hochul is a useless governor. I mean, her party controls both houses of the legislature, and she can't get it passed. Now, that's not a leader. That's, boy, she needs help. Well, Adams is trying to help her, and he's out there uh, fighting against AOC, and AOC is explaining her philosophy. At least, i got to say about AOC, she doesn't hide it. A little like Bernie Sanders, you know, she doesn't hide it. She believes in a welfare state. She believes in defunding the police. She believes in alternatives to policing. You know, he, here, um, well, not here, it's, quite a bit north of here, but in upstate New York, there was, a, there was a whole demonstration project in Rochester, New York. Uh, two years ago, Black Lives Matter pushed it really, really hard to let's try an alternative to policing. <laughs> the new policing, whatever that is, like social workers trying to break up a domestic violence situation like telling the husband who's beating the wife, you know, uh, Rocco, you really should uh, use your words while the guy beats the heck out of the social worker and the wife. I mean, uh, who do they, what, these people, I don't know. I don't know if they've never lived in the real world or they are true, you know, uh, Marxists, which is, to me, almost like the work of the devil. But in any event, they get people killed with silly ideas like that, and they did. So they 
defunded the police. Uh, Here's what happened last year in Rochester. It had the most murders in the history of Rochester. And number two, I came in fifth or sixth for homicide in the United States. Thank you, Black Lives Matter. Thank you, AOC. You're doing a good job taking care of minorities because the vast majority of people who were slaughtered were minorities. I don't know. Time to vote them out so they can straighten themselves out, which is sort of what Myra was telling you, right? I was a Democrat a long time ago, back in the 60s and very early 70s. And they pushed me out. They pushed me out over two things. Their soft policies on the Soviet Union, on Russia. I thought uh, we were going to lose the battle uh, to the the Soviet Union in terms of world uh, uh, control. We may lose to China now if we stay with Biden because they paid him enough money for it. And uh, second, I was investigating the Model Cities Administration, which was a great society program. And if 10% of that money were getting to poor people, it was a lot. The New York City politicians were stealing it all, which... They continue to do. They continue to do it. Let's go to, uh, since I'm talking about that, let's go to Arnold in Brooklyn. Oh, Mr. Mayor, I'm so glad to talk to you. You're the only guy I could talk to on the year who has some firsthand knowledge of what went on on the night of November 3rd, 2020. I look at the Republican Party on the, from the national level to the local level as a joke. We knew that the uh, Democrats were going to try to steal the election. And we have enough experienced people in the party and uh, in hired help, the 650 lawyers who were hired on for the election, to, do- to dope out how you would steal the election at the polling places or the counting places on the night of the election. So I'm wondering, was there, yeah. number one, instructions? were there instructions given to the poll watchers what to do if this happened, if that happened? You Did know, they have I a have hotline to- they could... Arnold, I have a very uh, uh, you know, bad feeling about this because I couldn't pay any attention to that. And I wish now that I had. Uh, several times we raised, m- myself and Bannon and others, are we getting ready for the legal battle? I was told we were all ready. We had all the affidavits prepared. We were all set for the battle. Remember, they were, they were warning us beforehand that they hired a, a thousand lawyers. And Hillary Clinton said, don't concede no matter what the vote is. So if you wonder why were we concerned about voter fraud, because they were basically signaling it, right? Don't concede no matter what the vote is. That's an absurd statement, by the way. So uh, I, for better or worse, a month and a half or a month before the campaign uh, ended, I got the hard drive. Mr. Uh, Mr. Mac Isaacs. Having tried other people, uh, at least either they didn't pay attention or they were afraid. I wasn't afraid, and neither was my lawyer, Bob Costello. And he gave us the hard drive, and we started trying to get it out. And all of a sudden, we ran into something I never thought could happen in America, tremendous censorship. So the last um, four weeks of the campaign, I was furiously trying to get the information on the hard drive out now, uh, for the reasons, because I knew something my fellow citizens should know, that the president of the United States was a major crook for 30 years. 
and they wouldn't put it on NBC, they wouldn't put it on CBS, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we came up with a strategy of going on talk radio, going on local television, and that's exhausting. I would do 10, 12, 15 shows a day. So we were able to get the information out to about 50% of the American people, but we were you know, also attacked and pilloried and called liars and Russian agents. And I, uh, long and short of it is I didn't pay enough attention to that. And then the day after the election, when I went in and the president put me in charge, uh, these bums did nothing. And they're the ones who are accusing me now of all kinds of things, including a good friend of mine who said I was intoxicated on election night. Well, l- luckily, my friends remember, and I put one on the air who called me, that I didn't, that night, I wouldn't touch a drink at all and announced it <laughs> because I didn't want to put in front of me because I had to keep focused on the numbers. And when I saw, when I saw the, uh, when I saw the numbers, of course I thought the president should say he won. He was ahead by 800,000 votes in Pennsylvania. He was ahead by two and a half to three and a half percent in places where 85% of the vote was cast. If you go back and look at it and you want to go compare it, and I had somebody do it before I, I, I advised this. I don't just advise off the top of my head. He had numbers where in the past networks would call states for a candidate until Fox got involved in that phony call of um, – of Arizona for Biden, which has to be an embarrassment. I mean, if Biden won Arizona, and he didn't, by the way, but if Biden, he won it by 10,000 votes, you don't call that, you know, within 20 minutes and not and not call a place where he's ahead by 750,000 or another place where he's ahead by 100,000 with most of the vote counted. Then when I heard that the Democrats cut down and stopped counting, and they were going to count all night and threw the Republicans out in five crooked cities. Man, doesn't take much for an ex-prosecutor to smell it. So, yeah, uh, they didn't weren't prepared, and they let him down, and they're the ones that are lying now. Well, they were liars before, too, but I'm just surprised at Jason Miller. Really, really surprised, shocked, and hurt because... Um, didn't think he was like that. But, you know, the swamp can destroy you. It really can. It's destroyed lots of other people, not just not just Jason Miller. How about we go to Joseph in Fairfield? Hello, uh, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I'd like to talk about the Marcellus uh, uh, formation. And underneath the Marcellus at about 2,000 feet, there's another formation called the Utica, which is rich in oil also. Now, I own property there for many years, over 40 years. My family's been up there for almost 60 years, lots of acreage. Uh, the, the natural gas, uh, they... I'm sorry, Joseph. We lost you, Mike. Where are you? Obscene. But, hello? Yep, got the natural gas you said is obscene? No, no, the the word, the term, what they did was they changed the term horizontal drilling and fracturing to fracking. And even Yoko Ono wrote a song about it. They had to uh, dispel the idea that it's clean. 
And natural gas is very clean. It does not dissolve in water. It's hydrophobic. I'm a chemistry teacher for almost 40 years. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's, and it's the, the cleanest uh, fuel. And in order to make all this electricity we need for our cars and batteries, you need that is the best source to move a turbine, which moves a generator, which creates electricity. And very few people know where it comes from. It's not magic. Electricity yeah. has to be generated. By something moving, and the thing that moves is water, steam. And in order to heat up water to make it steam, to move against the paddles of a turbine, you need natural gas is the best. And even here in in Bridgeport, Connecticut, they converted from coal to a natural gas, and there's not enough of it. And besides that, the first oil well ever drilled in the world, 1869, was not too far from where you are. I'm in I'm in Deposit, New York, my property up there, and uh, it, it was in Pennsylvania. First oil world was in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I don't think people, you know, maybe they don't know the geography of New York, but I'm only 20 miles from the Pennsylvania border where I am here in Binghamton. Binghamton and Scranton are like within less than an hour of each other. Uh, and then you have this whole what we call the southern tier of New York. And then you go up. I mean, that that uh, formation goes all the way up to basically Syracuse, right? Most half of New York up there and goes into Pennsylvania, into West Virginia, even and in Maryland parts. It's huge. It's the the greatest supply of natural gas probably in the world, and it's it's thick. It's thousands of feet thick. Now and how do we how do we justify buying from Russia? I mean, where um, this is, it's almost it's almost like being a traitor to the United States. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. But thank you very, very much for educating us, someone who really knows what they're talking about, uh, Joseph. Thank you. And we'll be back with the mayor's final thoughts. Come on back. This is Rudy Giuliani back again with the mayor's final thoughts, brought to you by Tunnel Two Towers, T2T.org. I am asking you to do yourself a favor. Make a $11 contribution per month to Tunnel to Towers and help our uniformed men and women who die in the line of duty, their families in that case, or are seriously and catastrophically injured. Because Tunnel to Towers takes care of mortgages for those who, who, who die in the line of duty and who die as uniformed service members, p- police, military and it also builds smart homes. It's built many of them for those who are catastrophically injured so that they can be as independent as possible. Do this for yourself and do this for your country. This is the problem, and this is what my final thoughts are about. Uh, it's about time that we stop the ridiculous attacks on people who are patriotic and who get goosebumps when the national anthem is played or uh, feel almost a little bit like uh, crying when they see the flag because they think of all the people who died to protect and create freedom behind that flag, some of them giving up their youth and their families and many of them buried in foreign countries to fight for freedom. And as Colin Powell once said, what did America ask for? Didn't ask for land, didn't ask for wealth, just asked for a nice peaceful piece of ground to bury our honored dead. This is an exceptional country. There's no reason why you've got to be embarrassed to love it. 
There's no reason why you have to be embarrassed to go around saying it's the greatest nation on earth. There's no reason that these, I don't know what has taken over the Democrat Party. There's no reason why we have to listen to a president who doesn't have all his marbles anyway telling us that we're systemically racist, which means we're evil, we're bad. A country that's systemically racist is a bad country. This country is not systemically racist. This country hasn't been for quite some time, if it ever was. Yes, it always had a division over slavery 150 years ago. We had a war over it. Hundreds of thousands of Americans died trying to free black people. A lot of people from this neck of the woods, this was a very, very big upstate New York, was a very, very big uh, pro-union abolitionist area all over the Northeast, New Hampshire, Connecticut, upstate New York. I mean, these are people who have, you know, for, for generations believed in freedom and democracy and equality for everyone. And now we're being divided over race. And we were coming together. I mean, you can't escape the fact that under Donald Trump, blacks and Hispanics had the highest level of employment, the lowest level of unemployment, and the highest wages. Why do you think so much of so many of the Hispanic community are coming over? and becoming Republican, plus when they hear defunding the police, when they hear that the state's going to take over the sexual education of their children starting at five years old, when they hear that the state is going to make it almost impossible for them to put their child in the school that they would like the child to be in, and Republicans favor choice in education. That's why they're making uh, changes. And it's going to continue. It's going to continue just like my father and, and I left the Democrat Party. Of course, the one we left, my goodness. <laughs> I'm glad I left it, but I'd take it any time now over the Communist Party that we have now or Socialist Party or whatever the heck, anti-American party or whatever you want to call it. So we got an election coming up, and I want you to focus on it. I want you to focus on it deeply. Of course, I have a great interest in the gubernatorial election in New York, and I'm not going to do a uh, an advertisement. <laughs> I'm just going to give you a fact. A Siena poll came out today, two days after the debate between the four candidates, and my son Andrew has opened up a 14-point lead at Siena College. I want to emphasize it's an independent poll. Uh, there are polls that are paid for by candidates that are put out that show different things. But this is an independent poll in which Andrew has led, I think, probably most of the time. But this is a big jump over where I think it was at 5 percent, the debate 15 percent. I think it's a credit to the fact that he was the most mature person on, uh, uh, in that debate. The others were calling each other names and accusing each other of all kinds of crimes. And, uh, and I'm not saying that <laughs> some of that isn't true. <laughs> I'm just saying Andrew uh, stayed away from that and explained how he's going to put up a $5 billion fund to refund the police, like Bill Clinton did uh, with the $100 million higher police program, and very, very similar and specific programs. Well, we'll be back tomorrow, probably maybe from Buffalo, and uh, God bless America. We live in the most wonderful country on earth. 
Thank you, God, for letting us be in America. Say that a lot. Hmm? 